bounce. <laughs> they gotta cut through like that every single time, too. Oh, God. Gotta tell me that I got it. Look, I know that I got it. I know that I got it. I knew my new shit was the hottest for anyone. New things about it. Notifications from the bank and gotta check no it's deposits. Around the same time, I got prescribed like three antibiotics. A life about balance and not a plaster. People who label me as conscious. I'm not turning other cheeks, but I'm not for beef. Never been me if we being honest. Got a little pole and keep a poke on me so they won't catch me slip. As if the most famous pick of Malcolm wasn't the one in which he had the stick in it. I got a little shorty from up north, but you know she built like a country bumpkin. Talking thick enough to sit a cup on it, won't even move. You know how I'm bumming. <laughs> Hood too, she got mob ties, can't cap, I love it I mean, she the type who drunk uncles Always trying to shake up her family functions We was down the street from family focus Born right there, 1480 fizzle Dylan emerged right after the other child That was the one up in the middle Mama raised the A-team like she Della Reese My nigga is rolling next to me Like Stevie from Malk in the middle He talking sour, he get smacked in the Skittle Huh? Cause I brought all mine If you brought all yours Welcome back to the podcast everyone Today I'm with uh, an artist who's been uh, called the, the next biggest thing out of Chicago He recently did a colors video Just to dropped a new album Connected with Lyrical Lemonade This man is on fire right now And I'm uh, lucky enough to have him on the podcast It's my pleasure to introduce Femdot Air horn, air horn, air horn, air horn, air horn, air horn. No, thank you. Appreciate you. Of course. So the the first thing we got to cover is what's with you on the fucking mechanical pencil thing? <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo, it's crazy because it's it's a thing, man. It's just a thing. It's like uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's a it's a comfort. It's a thing. I also be writing all the time, so like that helps. But I never realized people noticed until I was maybe like. <laughs> Maybe like three years ago, three, four years ago, I was in a club in Chicago and somebody walked up to me like, I knew it was you because it was a beanie on, like, and you're the only nigga with a mechanical pencil in the club. And I was like, damn, so now, like, this is a thing. Like, I, now I have to have a pencil. But when I get to twirling the pencil, though, and I, like, get in my little zone, yeah, I'll be, I'll be in my little zone. That's what it be, so... But it's, it's yeah. not a it's not a specific color, though. It's just the, the specific mechanical pencil. Yeah, it just got to be a mechanical pencil. Uh, cause they're easy to twirl. They're easy to grip. My air is real little too. So, you know what I'm saying? Like a pen <laughs> might be doing too much. And I swap out the colors. Sometimes the colors be matching the fits. Okay. It don't be on purpose, but you know, uh, that happens a lot, but usually I just keep on. Like, I think I got mechanical pencils on my writer. <laughs> okay. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Oh, this man has a fucking writer now. I see you. I'm dead. Don't do that. Chill, chill, chill. <laughs> So you use those pencils? I personally, especially that type of mechanical pencil, those are my least favorite ones. They fucking really? they press too hard and they fucking break the leg. Oh, so you the you the you the, you the one with the you like the yellow ones, a little twisted ties. Which one do you like, dude? Like, I one? like the fucking whatever. If I if it's a mechanical pencil, it has to be like those bougie ones that almost look like fucking. Oh, pens. Yeah, they damn near look like pens. Yeah, yeah the ones that are kind of pens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, them them smooth. I do use these pencils though. Um, I do like if I'm writing in the house or something. Yeah. Um, I do end up using these pencils. Yeah. But um, yeah, I use the. Do you know the what are they called? I could be completely butchering it, and if I if I am, it's just gonna sound like a sexual term. But you know, like the, I think it's the black Murado warrior pencils, or something. Uh, 
That sounds like a hell of a pen. Is it the ones, are those the ones that have the real slick, like, like they look kind of slick, but they write kind of like pens? I like those ones. But the black Murata one's actually a wooden pen, so I forgot about that. The black Murata one is like the... It's like the you know the yellow number two pencils, but it's like oh, black. Oh, I'm thinking of the Terra. What's the the Terra? Uh, what's that shit called? The Terra Monk, whatever the fuck. The one that had the real long name. That's what I'm thinking of when I think of those pencils. But that's also because we read this book called Bud Not Buddy when I was a shorty, and there was a there was a moment in that book where like one of the dudes was bullying him and stuck the pencil up his nose to see how far I get through that letter. Oh God! Why I remember this random fact. Who knows? But damn. That's yeah. how that's how you know we made it. We're talking about we're talking about all these different types of mechanical pencils. Type of type of pencils. Look, pencil kind of sore. Quit playing. <laughs> there we go. So uh, I feel like the audience would love to know. You've probably been asked this a million times, but I, I love to mm-hmm. just break down the lyrical lemonade connection one more time. I heard you guys met in school or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I met I met Cole in public speaking class. Um, what was this? Twenty fifteen. So Cole. So before Cole dropped out of college. We had class together, mm. and then that's how I met Cole. And then Cole introduced me to Elliot, and then I met everybody else. But yeah, I met Cole first actually through in class. We were just in class together, and by that time, like I was starting to do something in the city, but like you know, people still don't really know me. But like it's enough that like if you kind of tapped in, so we in class sitting across like across on two different sides of the classroom. Yeah. Everybody introducing themselves. Yo, my name is Fem. They're like, yeah, like yo, my name is Cole. And I'm looking at him, and he's looking at me, and we like, I know you. He like, I know you. He like, you film, right? I'm like, yeah, you. I'm like, oh yeah. And then we got cool as hell, got drunk as hell the next day, like at his crib, with like all the lyrical guys, and just kicked it. And then we've been locked in ever since, pretty much. Damn. And is is lyrical lemon? I try to explain to, surprisingly, some people. You know what's also weird? Just about hip hop in general. Like, hip hop is such a fucking like cultural. It's a, it's a, it's like a, it's a, it's outside of music. It's just a, it's culturally has impacted everything, especially in the yeah. United States. But uh-huh. still, there's people who don't know about these huge hip hop infrastructures. Anything from a lyrical lemonade to to a Breakfast Club. Yeah. To, if you're not like, if you ask a white girl if they know who fucking Griselda is, they'll be like, who the fuck is that? You know, sounds like. like- Sounds like a meal. Yeah, they don't know what the fuck. So it's weird how hip hop is like transcended, but you you have an average person who actually doesn't know much about hip hop still. Mm-hmm. It's in a weird yeah, place. It, it's it's a very. I mean, it's like it's because because hip hop is such a uh, large staple of American culture at this point. You're able to have your one foot in, one foot out. You know, and mm. still feel like you know hip hop because it's so it's it's ingrained in so many elements of our life. But because you only got one foot in, one foot out, it's so much most people don't know about the actual culture for real because they don't need they feel like they don't need to be fully engulfed in it to to take part in it, which is interesting. That's some wild shit. Mm-hmm. So so break down uh, what lyrical lemon because I think I don't even know completely what lyrical lemonade is. I feel like it's almost a record label at this point. Like the artist. I feel they like push. they don't even know completely what they're. I I, I would consider a multimedia company. Um, mm. That that's pretty really much what I look at it as because it attacks all all facets, right? They have clothes. They started through videos, interviews, podcasts, clothes, um, festivals, right? So it's become, I think, this uh, multimedia, like, yeah, like this multimedia space that's rooted in hip hop. Mm. Um, 
But yeah, I don't know how else to really describe it. From Chicago. From right, right. That was that was that was made in Chicago. That's that that is rooted in Chicago. So do they focus solely on Chicago artists, or do, they've had Eminem on? And I'm yeah, guessing- yeah, yeah. So I mean, they 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 have other artists like you know, like I know uh, the dude's named Daniel, and he from I think he actually from the Northwest. I think he's from oh shit that area. Yeah, but he, I know they shot some stuff for him. So like they shoot stuff outside of just um you know, Chicago artists musically, I know like they always have like, you know, the top 50 Chicago, you know, projects that come out during the year or they, on all the writers try to show, you know, showcase um, Chicago artists as well, just cause now they're such a larger platform. So, um, and they do obviously the festival here. So they have to have, you know, Chicago folks on the bill and they do like, you know, park cleanups and stuff like that out here. So. They do a lot of stuff to probably stay tapped in with Chicago, but it's so much bigger than just the city. Um, but they do try to at least bring those resources back, at least from what I see. Mm-hmm. Has it become a thing like the Breakfast Club, though, where like some artists like in New York feel like they need to get that uh, lyrical lemonade look to become a somebody? Or yeah, for sure. Up? And then, and the thing is, but it's not even just at home. It's damn near anywhere. Like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, getting a video or getting posted on a website. I mean, a video especially, like, that's supposed to be blowing you up, I guess. But also just even getting posted on a website or, like, getting, you know, response from them is, is like a, a rite of passage. Even. Yeah, it's like a rite of passage, which is really cool because I've been able to see a very early stage of it and to see, like, you know, the amount of work that's been put in and, and what type of impact they have. It's kind of crazy, and it's super cool. I'll be super proud of them, for sure. Do you think... Uh... Is that like a connection that you think uh, propelled your career forward, or do you think you would have still been on this upward trajectory without that connection? Oh, uh, absolutely. I mean, everything has propelled me forward. You know what I mean? So it's right. like I can't take um, this relationship for granted in one in, in, in no aspect. I mean, without meeting Cole, I wouldn't have met Elliot, who is my co-manager. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, um, and even on top of that, just you know, yeah, all the the help that I've been able to get for them from them. Um, at different stages of my career and different stages of their, you know what I'm saying, like uh, ascens- ascension as well has like definitely helped me because everything we do, because I'm independent, everything that hap- every every move that pushes a needle is a win for me, you know? So yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Tell me about, tell me about Elliot, dude, Elliot. Um, that was crazy. I was just on my phone, you know, just doing some editing at the studio. Mm-hmm. I get a fucking email and it has the Lyrical Lemonade logo. I'm like, dude, someone's fucking pranking me right now. Somebody's playing with you, yeah. <laughs> and it turned out it was fucking Elliot asking for to have you on the pod. And I was like, holy yeah. shit. So, like, is he... So he's part of Lyrical Lemonade? Does that mean it is a label? Or is it? Is he an no, A&R? No, it's not a it? label because they don't have artists. So he run. he's, like, the head of operations. So pretty much, like making sure the site is running, you know, doing what it's supposed to, writing. He did, he started off by writing. So he's known Cole for a very, like him and Cole damn near grew up together, knew each other since like high school and shit. So wow. he's like pretty much the, you know, like right hand to that situation. Um, and he, but he started, he, he's like facilitated all the writing. He was writing because he's a music head. He loves, mm-hmm. he got a crazy collection of music, crazy knowledge of music. He's always finding new artists. Um, and just putting people on new artists in general. Um, so he did the writing, a lot of the writing, you know, and now they got other writers and stuff too. Okay. Um, but he facilitates a lot of like the website and stuff like that. So he like pretty much runs a lot of the operations for them. And is he your first manager? 
Yeah, so uh, yeah, he manages me. It's him and this woman, uh, Tamika Ponce. So she kind of does. So like they kind of. So pretty much, me and Meeks do like most of the day to day, and like um, a lot of the large things. And Elliot comes in and just fills in the gaps that's needed, and that's kind of how our our team just works. It's kind of just everybody just takes care of what needs to be done. Um, but yeah, that. So that is that. But those are the only people who have managed me. Dope. Like, mm. So, so as like a independent artist, how do you how do you make a living? Is it through sync deals or how does that work for? Uh, sync stuff be cool, but really a lot of my bread comes through um like brand partnerships. I do a lot of brand partnerships. Oh yeah, um, do we need to talk about that actually? Fucking, that was something on the what I wanted to talk. Yeah, Toyota and Lululemon as some. Yeah, yeah. So we've done stuff with Toyota, Lululemon, Champ. So I actually, so for the '94 Camry Music Project, I helped them roll out the 2020 Camry. That's crazy. Um, and then we did like wellness stops while I was on tour, like pretty much like getting black people and just yeah, Lululemon in different cities and having them like do yoga. Um, so like yeah, I have a pretty strong partnership with Lulu. We've done stuff with Lulu. We've done stuff with yeah, Toyota, Champ Sports, um, like. Don Julio. Um, Damn. Yeah, we pretty much that's how I eat for real. And that's what Tamika's specialty is, is in brand partnerships. Um, so that's what she does really well. Uh, I mean, streaming is cool, but obviously, like, you know, you only make so much off streaming. Um, so shows was cool, but, you know, now we're getting back into shows, obviously. But shows, merch, and brand partnerships were my biggest form, or still are my biggest form of income that allowed me to just focus on music full time. I feel like a lot of artists feel like they need to have like a huge following to get like a partnership love. Do you understand? Did you understand any of the steps that it took to, or was it yeah, more behind no, the scenes to get those partnerships? Yeah, no, I mean, we, cause we play a super, we play a crazy hand at everything that goes on. Um, but yeah, it wasn't, you don't really, you just need to have the idea and like, you don't need to have like a crazy market, but you need to have some sort of market. But um, it's also just how you package things like, that's most important, honestly. Like, what what is the idea and how you package it to show that to show the brand that you can bring them, you know, attention or or something that leads to revenue. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, we sit and map out all the plans and stuff for how everything go. But yeah, you don't need necessarily a big, super huge following. You just need some an idea that works in the way in. Right. And how does it work like when you're working with? Because. Uh... Chicago is like just so full of like artists that have have a name have made a name for themselves. So I yeah, yeah. I wonder if it's still considered a cosign if you work with certain artists in in uh Chicago or if it just if it just is something that's going to happen if you're in enough studios and things like that. So like um I mean, yeah, some of it still be a cosign depending on like which the artist is. Some of us are grouped in the same like categories and then we're just different tiers, I guess. But like, you know, like oh, Herb break that down real quick like, though. What do you mean by like different tiers? So like they'll put so like the Chicago music scene, specifically the rap scene, like is broken up because you got like drill and then you got like I guess non drill. Um <laughs> so cause like people try to just break it up in a different but you got like the Polo G, Herb, you know, Bibby, Keith, you know what I mean? Like you got you know, Vaughn, uh, Dirk, right? These yeah. like are all in one tier. Then you have the no name, Saba, Mick, you know what I mean? Myself, you mean like you have a different, so those are two different lanes, I guess. Um, so like, it makes sense for like, 
you know, Polo and Herb to work together, right? Like, mm. and that, but and that doesn't seem as much as a cosign as it seems as just like, okay, maybe they well now they're pretty much on the same tier, um, but you know, like someone smaller or something like that, like that would see more less of a cosign and more of like a, you know, they're just in the same kind of lane, um, and the same thing in our way, like, um, like working like. Saba working with uh Smino. Smino's from St. Louis, but he blew up. He like got popping here. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, Saba and Smino and No Name working together is not like, you know, a far fetched idea. It's kind of just that makes sense because they're in this same realm, right? What about um, Chance working with No Name? Is that a I mean, cosign at that point? Or? I think it was early on. Okay. Um it was I mean, cause Chance you're still one of the biggest artists in the world. So like yeah. that that acid rap look was a cosign, right? Um, and even Chance on like Care For Me and stuff like that. Like these are definitely still cosigns cause like Chance is, you know, was at the, at the top of that tier, at the top tier of that, you know, like area of music or whatever. So um, it definitely still plays as a cosign, but it just, I feel like sometimes cosigns, um, like when you think of a cosign, uh, like a Drake cosign or something right. like that, right? It's like it they it doesn't really and it doesn't make sense, but it's like they're going out their way to do this. Oh, this is cool. They're kind of putting them on. But in our case, a lot of times it's like this makes sense for y'all to make music together. You know what I'm saying? Like this this works itself out a little different. So um yeah the dynamic the Chicago dynamics in general in terms of just working together and then just like the different setups of how people make music is a very is much different than other places so you and you and uh smino and saba would be seen on the same level or is that or that no i'm not on a level no i'm not on a level but we're in the same people like genre is it genre genre right they'll damn near group us in terms of genre right okay um, but level wise, hell no, no. They're my dogs. Them, I'm actually friends with them in real life. Great mm-hmm. people, but like I understand where like there's clearly a dip off in what I'm doing and what they're doing. So damn. But you've been making. I saw that you had like a fucking interview like ten years ago. Even like even yeah. putting out music for a, a minute. So like what what marks a level? Is it just like how popular you are in the mainstream, or is it does it come into play with like how many years of experience you have? Oh, no. I mean, if we're talking in pure, like, artistic ability or we're talking, like, pure, like, you know, amount of hours put in, like, I'm not worried about anybody. I feel like we're all on the same. I'm not worried about nobody. So it would be, like, in terms of, like, you know, uh, ability to use this to their further or, like, solidify, you know, help their livelihood. Like, I can't tour like Sabo or Smino can, right? Like, I can't. I don't have as many fans as they have, right? And that's just not, that's just the reality, right? So they are larger artists in that scope, but mm. we, we all respect each other as artists. Like, like it's never, I'm looking at Saab or I'm talking to him and he's like, Oh yeah. Like I'm better than you. Cause I'm gonna be like, prove it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> cause that, cause that's the, that's the type of spirits that we both have and we both respect each other's crafts. Same thing with me, same thing with, you know, all of these rappers from the city, like we all respect each other's craft. Um, but at the same time, uh, like if we're looking in terms of numbers or in terms of like what is actually able to be done or impact or whatever, like, yeah, like I have work to be done and it's cool that I can look to my friends yeah, um, as people, as like checkpoints, you know? 
So I feel like uh, with me working with a lot of like up and coming artists, mm-hmm. they feel that, well, they, I think a lot of people's hopes are that you get your manager and then you get on a record label or you have an audience somehow independently and then you've made it. But like, yeah. do you, is it more than just like, if you just market yourself your, the right way, are you automatically going to become a Drake? Or like, how do you, what what happens after, what is that in between? Like once uh, you have that team, once you have that label, if you need a label, like does it just come down to like putting out a song that somehow speaks through different demographics or what? I think it's, it comes down to like, um, uh, you know, talent, um and preparation like because sometimes you can get it because a lot of people who get crazy records that blow up and then they have nothing to follow up with and then they kind of fade away right mm-hmm. um or you get people who have things kind of in place like that's but as terms of like a drake level i honestly don't know if that will happen again just because he popped in between streaming and regular cds you know what i'm saying like that's a like people going out in the rain to buy your album is a different type of fan is a different type of like him, Cole, Kendrick, like people going out to stores to buy your CD is a different type of attachment than like just downloading at home. Wow, yeah. Um, you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't think that type of fan, stardom will really happen again. Um, but uh, in terms of people becoming superstars or stars, a lot of people are doing it for a very long time and something bubbles initially. And then like, like for example, Uzi was popping in 2015, like, you know, on a smaller scale with SoundCloud and stuff like that. You know, he drops, he drops, you know, like the money, money longer record stuff starts moving and things of that sort. But like he became a superstar maybe three, four years ago, but he's been, he was technically popping for years, right? Doja Cat has literally been trying to put this shit together for like 10 years, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like uh, a lot of times it's just preparation and kind of, you know, pushing through, um, at least from what I see, at least just like pushing through that because like. Um, and what making it looks like for you. Cause you know, um, people, there are people who may say, uh, because, you know, I'm able to live my life off music that I've made it, you know, or, yeah. you know, it depends on what your spectrum is. Um, but yeah, it's definitely not as simple. People think you just get one record and do, and sometimes you can just catch a record and go, especially with TikTok and stuff like that. You can get a record and go, but what's next? Yeah. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people underestimate, uh, why people are superstars even like yadi like yadi has been able to sustain himself a lot of people didn't think he was going to last after you know the cold like minnesota's and stuff i'm gonna like be that. honest like, how the fuck is he like i feel like he's kind of turned more into a, a personality which has happened but also i mean also he's from what i hear he's very good to people mm. like people like yadi as a person like people and that's also very important like people be thinking they blow up and then they become assholes but then once you fall off and people don't need you no more you know what I'm saying? People can stop fucking with you. People like Yachty. Like, you know, like that Michigan Boat project he did, which mm. was actually hard. Um, you know what I'm saying? That just happened because people fucked with him in Michigan. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the Drake features, the whatever, people fuck with him. So it's like, um, so I think, and also he's been able to maintain relevancy through touring and through whatever. So you can say what you want about him. But when that moment came, he was prepared to keep that going. And he also just maintained relationships with people. Do you believe in industry plans, or do you think that's like a hurtful um, thing to say? I I don't believe in industry him, plans. But... I don't believe in industry plans the way most people believe in industry plans. Okay. Are industry plans a thing? Yes, but people be like, "Oh, this person was this person 
was popping and now they're an industry plant. Like, no, a lot of people be out here really grinding and putting shit together and catch a break. Um, Cause the way people on the internet be calling people who I know personally industry plants be wild. Like I'm probably gonna be an industry plant in a couple of years, and then people gonna be like, "Yeah, he just came out of nowhere." Like a lot of people, I don't even know what people think the definition of an industry plant is. Like if somebody is, like when people like are signed for years and marketing a lot of do- like like her is industry plant, mm. and it's not. The thing is also there's a negative connotation to industry plant. Industry plant, uh, somebody who's an industry plant means they ha- were developed, artist development. They were actually developed. Like, you are you have to grow. You grew through the industry. Like, right. So we don't really focus on artist development no more. So anybody who pops out of nowhere and it seems to be popping and they find out they have some help, they're instantly an industry plant. Yeah, they yeah. had help. Yeah. Like, you know? What about that? There's that one guy. There is this, watch you, like, no, he's probably from Chicago. What's that? You know that one song? I think I think Lyrical Lemonade made it. The the song with Twenty One Savage, where it's like the knocking is like, what the fuck? Oh, Nardo Wick. Yeah, who the fuck is that guy? Has that guy been around for a while or no? Because like I just randomly saw this dude, and he has like that's like three people on that song that are like. That's one of the best songs of the year too. So crazy. I wish he what he it was some lines in there. I wish I thought of. He is so clever. Nardo is so clever. That shit crazy. That was Lyrical Lemonade, right? Yeah, they shot the video. The video, the song been whatever. The song already was popping before they shot the video, but uh, they shot the video. But um, yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know where Nardo came from, but apparently he been, you know, rapping for a minute. Though he know people, you know, because I think he from the south. So like, he part of so he. I think or I think he cool at twenty one. Some it's one of them situations. But he was like, but if you look back before, um. Uh, who on smoke like he had other records that were popping before that video mm. so it wasn't like oh this video just blew him up out of nowhere like right now nah, he was already popping and what probably happened was he probably had a relationship with one of them dudes on the song and then met the other people on the song and the song hot as hell and they're like yeah we'll hop on yeah you know it's just interesting to see shit like that sometimes just like yeah someone out of nowhere has that like song is features. so crazy that song is so it's i would want to get on that shit too that shit is hard Bro, he like, what? <laughs> Call me Nardo, yes, man. I don't know, niggas. I'm like, this is genius. He is a, put this in the Smithsonian on my mama. A genius. Oh, my God. So tell, tell me about your um uh, your nonprofits. Like, for if any artist wants to set up a nonprofit, like, how do you even go about that? Um, It's not, I mean, it's complicated, but not for real. Uh, I mean, you can really just start by just helping out where you're from. Uh, so we started just, like, as a incorporated and then uh like applied for a 501c3 which took a while um but even before then we were just working as a nonprofit and um like you know just making sure everything we all the money we got went back into what we would say we were spending on which was the community um so i have a so mine is called dollar crime scholars uh we're on our fourth year now because we give out scholarships um we give out scholarships to black and brown college students and then like black and brown artists in the city of Chicago, and then we also do toy and co-drives and um, uh, grocery delivery services that we started during COVID, so. This guy's a legend out here. <sighs> hey, man, I'm just trying to, you know, lead the world better than where it was when I got here. Hell yeah. So so t- I would like to hear your advice on, uh, like, one of my friends literally just dropped out of school to become, like, a full-time artist right mm-hmm. so i wonder what what is your for an artist like yourself who right. went to school 
mm-hmm. did your take on artists dropping out of school or being on the fence whether they should even go to school? Like, I mean, shit, I almost to? dropped out a million times. Uh, I mean, I went to school for myself, so like, uh, it got easier when I told myself I was not going for my parents no more. Mm. You know, like I was actually going to learn stuff I wanted to learn and do what I wanted to do, and uh, I formed my my schooling around music versus vice versa, but. School is not for everybody. It's not. I'm never. I've never tried to force somebody to stay in school. It's not. It's not my thing to do. Um, but I think it just depends. Then it becomes planning, right? And uh, character, like what you gonna, cause your back gonna be against the wall, cause people not gonna believe in what you're doing. Um, you know, like it may be family, maybe friends. People might not gonna believe in what you're doing. People are you know everyone's chasing this dream why should you be different um so you have to like really have tunnel vision on what your goals are um and and really try to look down the line but try to attack smaller goals as much as possible um i think it's very tricky now because i know when i was even still in the school like i show face like in chicago you got to show like people got to know what you look like Mm. You know what I'm saying you can't really just at least you can pop you can end up blowing up online but like if you're not known in the city it won't really last at home. People got to know you so um if you if you dropping out of school and you trying to make music and you like yo this is what I really want to do this is my passion um I guess also figuring out what what does success look like to you? Does that look like just being able to survive or are you trying to be Drake, right? Right. Um, and if you are just trying to survive or trying to make music to eat off, then okay, let's look at the talents or the tools you have or the resources that you already, because we already be having resources ahead of us. Who'd you meet in college while you were there? Right. Somebody could manage you. Somebody could know somebody could this, this, this. Maybe somebody just moved to LA and you could sleep on their couch. Like, you mean like it's, you really got to, take a step back and really, really look at all the resources that are in front of you and try to use them to the best of your ability. Not use people, be good to people. Everything I've ever gotten is because people talk good about me in a room, everything. I have no agent, it's only my team is three people. Everything we've ever gotten has come because people like us and we talk well and it happens to be that I rap better than most of the planet, right? <laughs> so, but you know, we we a lot of times we have resources that we're not tapped into, whether it's out of fear or not really, really thinking that they can help or things of that sort. But if you dropping out or if you really trying to pursue this full time, you need to tap into whatever resource you can and use it to the best of your ability um, in order to sustain yourself first. And once you can do that, you can start figuring out all the other shit. Yeah. Awesome. Fucking phenomenal advice. Right there, right? <laughs> hey, man, look, I done, I done been through some shit. So, you know, and if I could help anybody avoid that shit, why not? Yeah, of course. Let's uh, let's. I know you touched on this a little bit too, but dude, like colors is one of my favorite things. So if, yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit about um how that experience was. Colors was cool, man. Uh, they paint the room. So it's like paint the, Do you think it's just paint, paint over over paint over over and over and over? I don't know. I don't know how. I just know that I had to bring an extra pair of shoes because I didn't because they wouldn't let me tread no dirt from outside. So <laughs> I had to like and like they were like handing me shit from a distance and shit. Paint the room. Um. They're super cool. They're really nice over there. Really nice people. Uh, so that's cool. Um, but yeah, it's all one take. They shoot on like four different cameras or some shit. You shoot as many takes as you want. They pick the best one. I think I did like six takes and picked the fourth one or some shit like that. Um, but yeah, it's really cool. Uh, uh, yeah, it was a good time. First time I had braids on camera. Great. You know, it was real. 
You didn't have energetic. braids before that? What do you usually rock? Just like short this hair is the like... longest my hair has ever been. Like, so under this hat is obviously you know solid hair under here. You feel me? It's a whole lot going on. Um, but it's the longest my hair has ever been. I started growing my hair out like during quarantine. I feel. So, yeah. Damn. Is it was it a nerve wracking at all? Like, have, did you watch colors before that? Or yeah, I love. I fucking love colors. My favorite one was the the what I, I mean. The one that really got me hooked on it was uh Gunner's one when he did top off. Oh shit! Yeah, the little gray. He had that. I just the top off. But I'm dripping like how he floated on this shit. I'm like, this is so hard. Um, so uh, yeah, I love colors. Um, and I've had some of my homies do colors. So I'm like, oh, this is really dope, and it's a really good opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um. So I was just more or less like grateful that, you know what I'm saying, like we were able to meet the people, you know, I was able to I was able to get cool with one of the guys and we was able to form a relationship before the music and then even just he like, yo, like the music's crazy, like let's work this out. So um yeah, so it wasn't even really nerve wracking. It was just like uh I also just had never performed that song. I never performed bussin' before because it was, you know, corona. So Damn. um you know, so I'm just trying to remember the words. <laughs> you feel me? Like it's a new project, it's a new song. Like, you know, we did this, we did it months ago. So like the project ain't out yet. You know what I'm saying? Like so it's like I'm trying to remember the words. Yeah. What is the do you know the origins of bussin'? Like where did bussin' come from? Like the song or the word? The word. <laughs> I mean, we've been saying we've been saying busting in Chicago since I was a shorty. Like, oh, it's a thing. I don't okay. know if it's another thing, but like something being, but like busting can mean like busting can mean like ten different things. So it's busting like like you walk into a party and you know it's a good time. It's busting. It's busting for real. Or you walk into a party and they shooting that bitch up. Oh, they it's busting in that bitch. Or uh, when we were shorties, like before thought, because thought is a Chicago word too. Okay, but whatever. Before thought. We call motherfuckers who was thoughts bust downs. So you'll be like, shorty bussing, like she down to go, right? Mm. So then you got that being the thing. Then, or you can walk in somewhere and it's like not a party or some shit. Let's say you like, you know, it's a, it's a lot of people outside, right? Let's say you walking through, you know, I don't know, South by Southwest and you're walking down and you see hella people. Damn, it's bussing out here. So it's like, that's always been in our like vocabulary, like since I was a shorty. So I don't know where other people got busting from. It's probably from us too, but maybe I'm biased. <laughs> but that's we've been saying busting since at, I've been I have personally been saying busting since at least oh one. Damn. There we yeah. go. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's touch on your album a little bit. For sure. So how how much are you? Uh <laughs> I'm not <laughs> that's clever. <laughs> That is, that's, boom, I see what you did there. I see, I see what you did there. I am, in fact, not for sale. I just, that, is, that is a thing. That is funny. That's actually hilarious. So, what was that? Was this something that was uh, created during the pandemic? Is like, is it just like, was there like some specific inspiration? Was it like anything to do with all these like protests and? Um. Yeah. No. Actually. So, like, I was out doing a lot of the protest. Um. Like I was outside. Uh, I actually stopped rapping a lot, mostly during the pandemic, because we were. I was protesting, and then I got into it with the police, and I couldn't protest no more because I was like had to get my hair stapled and all this Holy other shit. shit. So right, so um, I started delivering groceries. I was delivering groceries all summer, so I wasn't rapping. Um, but most of not most of the songs were done. Um, out of the eight songs, six of them were done before before March of 2020. 
Some of them are for like 2017. They were written and then they were like updated or whatever. So like 2021, we cleaned some songs up, but uh, Digits and this song Back on Row are the only two songs that were done in 2021. Um, Everything else was done early. So I had to, I think about albums years in advance. So like I've had this concept in my head, like of what I wanted this album to talk about, uh, maybe since 2014. And then, because uh, I knew the sequence of like albums. And then uh, I went to Nigeria. I'm Nigerian first generation. So I went home for the first time uh, so in December good. of 2019. And when I came back home, I started working on the intro. Um, like that January of 2020, I started working on the intro in the first line, you cannot buy me, I'm already free. And then that at that moment, I knew that the project was going to be called Not For Sale. But I knew what the conversation was going to be like. I knew that. And I knew what I wanted to sound like. I knew that like seven years ago. Do you think uh, Kanye's right? Are we are we are we new slaves? Are we modern slaves? I think we are. Uh, I think we are. I mean, I think we're in a situation. We're just in capitalism, dog. Like, yeah. I feel like, um, like trying to say we're slaves or whatever is a very strong um, thing to say. But I do feel like we're just in a capitalistic society that you know. Uh, just keeps us in the loop of, you know, not great things. Does, so. Did did like your perspective on Chicago and just the United States change when she came back from Nigeria? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, really, it was like black people are the same everywhere. Like, <laughs> I got off the first of all, that was my first time on an all black plane with an all black pilot getting off at an all black airport. That shit is actually very crazy to think about. Um. And like to like be in a space and not have to worry if I'm the darkest person in the room or not. Um, but even when I got off the plane, they was hustling, yo, like, hey, trying to change money, taxis and shit. It felt like I was in the hood again. Like the way, like all the mannerisms was the same. Motherfuckers <laughs> was out here hustling, trying to get to it. Like, um, so it's it's cool. I learned to end, like just learned a lot about my lineage and shit. But coming back home, uh, you just see how like uh shit, white people affect everything. Cause even how they view money out there and like how the government and shit is set up or whatever. It's like, damn, like everybody's affected by this. Um, so it's it, it definitely just opened my eyes to certain shit, but more or less just self-reflection. Like, you know, growing up, I ain't really wasn't able to just go to my grandma's house or nothing like that because she was in Nigeria. You know what I'm saying? So like kind of getting a larger idea of um, of of a better or a better understanding of who I am um, when I was there was cool and I was able to bring that back. Do you like? Do you want like your artist friends to go to Nigeria or Africa? I want or? everybody to go to Africa. I think every, especially every, especially every, where every black person. I want. I think every black person to go to Africa. They want black people to come to Africa. They love for people to come and just learn, um, you know, what's going on and kind of see the world for what it is versus what people tell you it is. Um, but yeah, I want and it be lit. Well, we was out to like seven a.m. every day, kicking it. First Jeez. day I got in town, we was at a Meg The Stallion concert. It was up. We was in outside. Nigeria. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. See, that's my point. <laughs> See, yes, in Nigeria, I landed. I got off the plane. I got to my hotel and uh, went to a Meg The Stallion concert. That's how my trip started. <laughs> and you would have thought it was Texas in that bitch. They was rapping every word, word for word, like. Like yeah, like Nigeria is the America of the U of 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 Africa. Like South Africa is like the white America because it look nice, but like Nigeria is definitely like culturally the America of the. 
and that's not even really to say the best because America be kind of tweaking, but I'm talking about just in terms of impact. Like, yeah, G, it be crack. What? We was in there getting it cracking. What? Bottles. What? Link. What? What you doing after this? What? Take my line. What? We was outside. It was Damn. up there. Like, all the celebrities go to West Africa in December. Like, it's a known thing. Like, Cardi B was out there. Like, what? Ghana and Nigeria are like the epicenter of fun from December 1st to like January 3rd. Oh shit! Literally, it's crack. Like it's cracking out there. Like it's it's big busting. Oh my mama is super busting out there. Damn. Called, they call it Dirty December because motherfuckers be outside getting spicy, getting STDs. Well, <laughs> whoa, I don't know about that. That's what it sounds like. I, dirty. That, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's like dirty. Like you know, like dirty is like you outside. Not no, not no. We are no STDs. Dear God, that escalated. Well, that's point. what. It, what? That's what it. Come on, that's what it. <laughs> no, bro, it's a vibe, man. It's a vibe. No STDs. It's just a vibe. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's still clean. You know what I'm saying? I'm dead. Okay, yes. That's, that's yes. funny as shit. <laughs> so what is what is your message with this this project, not for sale? Besides the fact that you're you're not for sale. <laughs> <laughs> uh I think it's cause it's the conversation between like uh, you know, like self-worth and like lineage and like religion and like money and how that plays into like who I am as a person. So it's like, you can't, you can't put a price on experience pretty much. It's like, you know, I'm who I am because of, you know, you know, all the things that I've seen, all the things that make me, me, and you can't really put a price on that. Um, and there's a form of confidence that comes with really living in that. And because of that, I'm going to talk my shit. But also because of like of what I've been through, I know who I am, um, and you can't really you can't really just put a price on that. It's a dope project. Yeah, thank you, man. Tell me thank about you. the tell me about the album art real quick though. That was some, I like the album art. Uh, yeah, the album art was fun. We actually shot that shit in twenty twenty. Funny enough, wow. um, but it was a uh, uh, we tried to. I wanted to strip down. I'm, it's very minimal. Like the art direction is very minimalist for the project because I wanted to really strip down and like no gimmicks, no. None of that, just like we cut the fluff straight to it. Um, so that's why you always see me in like a tank top and like black pants and probably a pair of Jordan 4s because those are my favorite shoes. And but, a mechanical pencil. Yeah, and a mechanical <laughs> pencil, right. So, uh, but it's really just to like trim the fat and get straight to the art. Um, so that with the cover too, it's like, like there's a lot of like, like I wouldn't even, like there's a lot of uh, uh, underlying frustration that you hear through some of these songs like these, cause this is really a conversation and really just a conversation I'm having with myself. And this is like the beginning is kind of like the intro is kind of like, this is where we started. But by the time you get to the end, you're like, okay, like now, you know, the first line is you cannot buy me. I'm already free. And I spend the rest of the time explaining that. Right. Yeah. So by the time you get to the end of the project, that line makes more sense. Um, so because of that, it's like a conversation I'm having with myself. So when you see me sitting in a chair, like I look extremely composed from the neck down, but my, I'm, you know, my face is blurry because my head's moving all over the place. Cause that's like where my mind is. I'm constantly, it's like a, it's like a battle to get to this conclusion. Um, so yeah. That's dope. Yeah. I feel like you're someone who listens to 85 to Africa. <laughs> I've played 85 to Africa <laughs> once or twice. I don't know what that means, but I, I mean, I grew up listening, you know, to like fella and like hella African music outside. It was either that or just like hella super hip hop ass yeah. or R&B ass like Jodeci. It was like Jodeci, fucking DMX and like fella Kuti. It was a very interesting, interesting blend. Hell yeah. 
So what are, what are your goals? It's almost 2022, man. What are, your, what are your Yeah, it's of, crazy. What are some goals for 2022 for you? Uh, Just getting back on the road. I haven't been on tour since 2019. Come so to just getting back. Yeah, so trying to get back on the road. Trying to get, trying to, get to Seattle, man. Um, So getting yeah. back on the road and then just, you know, continue growing the music and then growing the scholars, just, you know, the, the nonprofit and shit. Just, you know, trying to keep keep that in place so we can you know do what we need to do to kind of really be a resource at home um but that's really it just you know keep pushing the project it's still fresh you know what i'm saying get back on the road you know do a headline at home um get my hair as long as you you know <laughs> simple things nothing too crazy yes sir before we wrap up name uh give me three up-and-coming chicago artists that people should be on the lookout for uh og steve-o um, he makes really good music, especially if you like to move and dance. Uh, there's this other dude named Asar. Um, he can literally rap his ass off. And, uh, it's this young cat named Hate Sunny, who's really raw too. He actually had a record that like blew up on TikTok this year called Kill Bill, I think. But, uh, he's super dope. His voice, his tone is really cool too. So them are the three people that pop into my head immediately. Um, and then this girl, Cindy August is a bonus fourth. She um, she actually like was like with OTF for a minute too, which is crazy because she oh, just sings super silky. Yeah, I gotta check them out too. Yeah, for sure. Tap in. There we go. Well, what is the easiest way for people to reach you, and where can they find your project? Uh, you know, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, any at thing. I'm fem dot dot com, all spelled out. Uh, and then my project not for sale is out on everything that you listen to music on. Um, so if you don't feel like paying for no memberships, it is on YouTube and SoundCloud as well. If you, you know, but Apple Music, Tidal, Spotify, et cetera, please stream my music. Rents due today. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> this is the NAS podcast with. Oh, with me, with FemDot. Hey. And we did it.